going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for the final time this week. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I am your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to everybody. Yes, sir. Glad to be back again talking some football. Hey, we're glad to have you back on here, Ben. Um, we're excited to do our thing, go through the biggest games of the weekend. Y'all know how we do college and NFL on here. Actually, it's kind of funny because the biggest game of the entire weekend is happens in college basketball with Gonzaga and Baylor. They're on CBS at 1 p.m. I highly, highly, highly advise watching this game. I'm definitely going to have some money on Gonzaga, so if y'all want to tell me on that, that pick will be out on Twitter. I'm 150% already know I'm locking that one in. It's going to be a hell of a game. Anytime you get number one versus number two in your sport and you're not watching it, I mean, you shouldn't even watch the sport if not. Um, Anyway, though, we got some college football for y'all. We're going to break down. We'll start things off in Jordan-Hare as the Auburn Tigers host Texas A&M Aggies. Um, Spread on this game is plus 6.5 right now. Auburn, the 6.5 point home dog. Over-under set at 48.5. What are you doing with this one, Ben? In normal times, in, in a normal season, I would say that this is a game that Auburn keeps close throughout the game, and I, I even think that they would even win it. They just win one or two games a year that you're just like, well, how did they do this? I personally think the Gus Bus is running out of gas quickly uh, in Auburn. I, I think Bo Nix is a large and why Auburn is not very good this year. He is horrendous in every sense of the word. He doesn't do anything well, in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to put all of that on Gus Malzahn, but he is the coach, and he, he will be the one blamed for it. Um, and I'll say this, A&M, they've got to keep it rolling to stay alive for the college football playoff. They're not going to be playing in the SEC championship because Alabama's taking care of the West already. Um, but A&M, you know, they beat Florida. Their only loss is Bama. Their defense is playing pretty good, too. Uh, is it five and a half still is the spread, I believe? That's what I have it at. Oh, wow. I took – yeah, I took – I didn't even realize it dropped from that. I took six and a half about three See, hours ago. So, yeah, I had a good so, number then. Yeah, so I, I'm rolling with A&M. Um, on my book right now, it's five and a half, so I'm going to take that. Okay. Um, I'm putting you down for official pick on Texas A&M uh, minus five and a half. Look, at that number, I shy away from it a little bit more, but – I'm on Auburn here, man. I think Auburn's going to have a chance to win this game straight up. Um, Texas A&M, I mean, that performance last week against LSU was absolutely pathetic. I would say it's a look-ahead spot, but not really. Auburn's not even that great this season. Bo Nix is night and day, though, home and away, as he will be at home in this game, which makes me like Auburn a little bit more. I mean, they only put up 20 freaking points on LSU. LSU's defense is absolutely atrocious, and the fact they only put up 20 points is pretty bad. Um I think Auburn's figured things out a little bit more. Also, they have a much better run defense than they do pass defense, and AM's more of a run team, which I like as well. Um, I feel like that Auburn just at Jordan-Hare has a little magic in them. This is kind of like the last big game, the last big one. You know, they got embarrassed last week against Alabama. I feel like Auburn comes out here, keeps it tight, makes it a close game. This game will be on 12 p.m. at ESPN, so I'm going to go. I'll just go still with official play on Auburn. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. Five and a half. Or plus you're right five about it. You're right about A&M. If, if Isaiah Spiller cannot run the football, then I don't know how, how good Kellamon really is. But I honestly think the the lack of performance against LSU last week, I mean, they had two postponements. They hadn't played since November 7th. So I think that kind of has a little to do with it. I mean, yeah, you get, a, you get time off for your body, but it's hard to just pick back up in shape when you're in just must-win mode. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they just played last uh, last week – They'll kind of get their gears rolling again. I mean, 
A&M really hasn't played that many away games. They've only played three away games up until, or let's see, they've played one, two, yeah, three away games up until this point. They lost to Alabama, but that doesn't mean anything. Bama beats everyone. They barely beat Mississippi State early in the year on the road, and then they smashed South Carolina, which might have been the game that Muschamp was fired after. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So I, I mean, they're not, they're better at home, obviously. The Kyle Field is a tremendous advantage, but I think the fact that they had a game last week kind of gets their ball rolling again. And uh, I mean, Jimbo needs he they know they need to win, and I think Kalamund is is a pretty good leader. And I think that they'll get the job done. I, I just can't put money on Bo Nix. He's so bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to roll the dice. College football sometimes doesn't always make sense. Um, you're not wrong, though, with that Bo Nix take right there. I will say that, though, Ben. Bo Nix, very hit or miss. I think I'm going to get the good Bo at home. I mean, at least I'm praying I get the good Bo at home. Um, next game up on here is Iowa at Wis- or I mean, sorry, Indiana at Wisconsin. Um, Indiana finds themselves without quarterback Michael Penix which is why the spread is so inflated. Just going ahead to warn y'all on that. But uh, Indiana is currently a 13-point road dog over under set at 44.5. You do anything with this one, Ben? I think it for now it's going to be a no play. I mean, this screams the under. Mm-hmm. I mean, young quarterback, young quarterback for Wisconsin, they haven't, they haven't played. The Big Ten, I don't even know. when. When's the last time Wisconsin played? Did they play last week? Um, I'm looking right now. I don't think they did though. I think their game got canceled. They played two weeks ago yeah. against Northwestern. Yeah. So Wisconsin. Yeah. So Wisconsin played. They played uh, October 23rd against Illinois. Then they played November 14th and 21st, and then they haven't played since November 21st. So they missed a week again. Yeah. So I, there's just lack of consistency for them. I. I mean, the young quarterback. He is good, but they're, they're two and one. And then Indiana is obviously Indiana's good. But mm-hmm. without their starting quarterback, things change. Their their defense is still good, so I mean, I would lean towards the under. But the total is so low. I mean, forty four and a half points is is not that much. Uh, so this is gonna be a no play for me. But if that under hits, I'm gonna kind of be pissed that I didn't take it. <laughs> hey, I'm the same way with you, Ben. Me and Ben were just talking about this one when we were kind of in the in the dugout, if you want to call it, before the podcast started, just chatting, chit chatting a little bit. We both agreed. I mean, at twelve, we're both go. We both probably end up going out tonight, and that's just a little too sweaty. If while you're getting over that hangover for a little twelve p.m. sweated out, but I would still lean to that under though. You know, both these teams, especially Indiana, man, Indiana has a really, really good defense. Um, Wisconsin, obviously, their defense ranks really high too. But who have they played? Indiana takes the ball away a lot. I mean, they're thirty-four or forty-third against the run, sixty-one against the pass. I mean, Wisconsin's ranked eighth against the pass fifth against the run but i mean even in the game they lost northwestern northwestern we've seen is not a crazy like prolific offense i mean they won that game 17 14 i mean indiana or wisconsin's only beat up on michigan and illinois look i honestly don't think wisconsin's as legit as people think they are i also lean towards indiana with the points here i just don't know anything about this backup quarterback here so i'm a little hesitant to play it but i just feel like 13 with a total so low you got to go out and play it. And I mean, this Indiana defense is really, really, really good. I think that they can give them a fight. I mean, they put up a hell of a fight against Ohio State. They stayed in that game until the last drive. And that's what the one game Wisconsin has lost is when their young quarterback uh, turned the ball over. And that's exactly what Indiana's defense has done mm-hmm. in all of their games so far. They've created turnovers. Their problem against Ohio State, it's not easy. They got turnovers against Justin Fields and Ohio State, but they didn't convert any of them into points, mm-hmm. it seemed like. So. It makes it a little easier to score on Wisconsin than it will be uh, um, Ohio State. So if they can if they can turn over the young quarterback for the Badgers over, then 
Indiana will be sitting pretty, and that's what their defense does. So we'll we'll see. I mean, listen, the under is it's low. I mean, forty four and a half is not much for college football, but you got to figure this is a team in Wisconsin who's barely played a young quarterback, and Indiana who has a good offense and a really good defense is now with their backup quarterback. Backup quarterbacks are not in college are not like the NFL. I mean, a lot of them. I mean, these smaller schools do not have two quarterbacks that they trust. You know, it, it's not you're not going to find a case in Indiana where they have Jalen Hurts starting and a guy like Tua coming off the bench. I mean, that that doesn't happen in mm-hmm. Indiana for football. Um, so I'm sure this backup is capable of playing and making the easy plays, but I I would assume their playbook is dummied down a, a little bit. Yeah, and you know exactly like we said a couple podcasts ago, that was the highest Indiana's been ranked. This is the best Hoosier football team they've had in years. So I feel like that this is, I mean, I feel like it's Indiana and the under or pass. I feel like you can't even look at the other side in this game. Um, next game up on here is the is my max bet of the week. So I'll start, I'll start off on this one. West Virginia goes on the road to play at Iowa State. Iowa State comes in this game um, – as a six and a half point home favorite over under set at 49. I got two plays on this one. My first play here is the under. So my reasoning for taking the under here is this West Virginia defense, man. First off, I think West Virginia is the most underrated team in all of college football. I've watched this team play a good number of times. They've won me some good money all season long. And look, this defense is ranked fourth in the nation against the pass, 25th against the run. I mean, they're not giving up big plays either. Eighth in YPP, 17th in total score. I mean, they're still really, really good defense. And I mean, they played against some of the better offenses too in the Big 12 and shut all of them down. I think they can still come out here and do the exact same thing. I think that they're going to come out and keep Brees Hall from running all over them, and they're going to make um, Brock Purdy try to beat them throwing the ball. And look, Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell, me and Ben have talked about it a thousand times. They're just such a disappointing duo, and I just feel like it's going to be the same thing here again for them. More disappointment. They're coming off a huge win in a game they had no business winning against Texas. Cost me some money. And also some key trends. West Virginia is 7-2. and two straight up the last nine times they've played them in week 14 which is this week they're four and two straight up in ats the last six times they've played against each other i think this is a this west virginia offense that's 24th in the nation in pass yards will come out be able to throw the ball on an iowa state defense that's 71st against the pass i think everything matches up here on west virginia i like west virginia a lot and i wouldn't be shocked if they went outright this is my third max of the season we're one and one we won alabama lost south carolina God, I'm trying to get just come out on top on max bets this year in college football. Yeah, I'm actually telling you on um, West Virginia here for a lot of the same reasons that uh, – so mark me down for – I have it West Virginia plus six and a half on mine. Okay. Um, I mean, like this is a West Virginia – I agree with, what you, with everything you said, so I'll keep it short. West Virginia is definitely a team that everyone probably doesn't care about because they're not going to win their conference – and they're not competing for a title at the moment. But this defense, like you said, is no joke. I mean, this is a defense that could absolutely give Purdy trouble. Um, as long as they continue to get pressure, uh, I, I do think they'll stop the run. That's basically what they've done all year. I mean, you don't get that kind of ranking, for, would you say, fourth against the run, unless mm-hmm. you do it for every game. Um, do you think Brock Purdy and Matt Campbell are going to be almost like a Oregon, which is Mario Cristobal and Herbert? Like, do you, I mean – the, meaning, like, Herbert is much better in the pros than anything he showed at Oregon. And Brock Purdy didn't really win much at Iowa State, but I do feel like he could be an NFL quarterback. 
I don't know. I'm kind of I'm I can't make my mind up on that one to be honest with you. I feel like yeah. Purdy's one of those guys you're gonna roll the dice for or on in the late second round, early third round, and you're either gonna hit a home run or he's gonna be a worthless pick and just be another Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I mean I definitely know what you mean by that. But uh, mark me down for West Virginia plus six and a half. Hey, sometimes when me and Ben agree, we're not right. Sometimes we're not wrong. So let's just hope that we're on the right side this together is, this time. Um, last this is your on pick. Here, what'd you say? I said, this is your pick and I'm tailing. <laughs> hey, so, fair enough. So if it, if it, if it fails, blame Thomas. <laughs> hey, I'll take all the blame because we're not losing that one, guys. I, I feel very good about it. Um, last one on here before we switch over to NFL is Ben's Alabama Crimson Tide. The number one team in the nation goes on the road to play the LSU Tigers. This is a record underdog spread for LSU as they find themselves a 29.5 point home dog. Over under set at 66.5. Ben, what are you doing on this one? I think I already know. TP, have you ever seen a massacre happen? Um, a few times. Because <laughs> it's about to happen on Saturday. I hope Saban gives Sarkeesian the green light and just say, keep scoring. You can put in the backups. I don't care. Have Bryce Young for, throw for 100 yards. This is a team that disrespected the absolute hell out of the University of Alabama, made a mockery of Nick Saban and everything he stands for, for just getting one win in Bryant-Denny. Congratulations. Because the last, I think, four or five times that Alabama's played at LSU, I'm pretty sure LSU's been shut out. They have not scored at home. Uh, this is not a good LSU football team. They also just had the leading receiver, Ter- uh, Terrence Marshall, I believe his name is. Terrence mm-hmm. Marshall. Uh, he opted out for the season. Their second leading receiver either opted out or got hurt and will not be playing. Coach O has his team quitting on them. They are faking COVID tests, according to some Alabama fans. I don't know if I believe that. Uh this coach O will be exposed for being a fraud coach, like I've said for the past two years in this game. <laughs> um, this will be a massacre from the coin flip. I, it does not matter if LSU gets the ball first. I don't think this would be close. Um, I, I actually stay away from big Alabama spreads, to be honest with you. So I don't know if I'll be playing in this game. I might look at like the first quarter spread. Um, you know me, I love to do first quarter, first half for Alabama. Um, but for now, I'm going to lay off it. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this massacre that's going to happen. And uh, I hope Coach Ogeron has a horrible time on Saturday. Um, Ben, what's the one bet we've been hopping on all season long with Alabama? First half. Let's run it back. Alabama first half minus 16.5 for all the reasons Ben said. On top of that, Alabama is fourth in the nation in pass yards. LSU is 123rd in the nation against the pass. I mean, that is really, really, really bad. And they're 120th in YPP. Any, this season in college football, if you're in the 120s in any category, that means you're one of the worst teams in the nation against it. Alabama is going to come out here and absolutely beat the brakes off of them for all the reasons you said. I think Alabama will be covering that after, after their first three drives. I think they'll be up 21-0. Also, too, I mean, with the Heisman Trophy being as close as it is, I think that they're going to be even more motivated. And Ellis and uh, Florida plays earlier in the day, so I'm sure Trask is going to come out and throw for five or six touchdowns on that horrible de- Tennessee defense. I mean, Stetson Bennett threw for threw for 300 yards on him or whatever it was. Made him look. They made him look like he was a college quarterback. I mean, I expect an absolute field day. I expect Mac Jones to blow them out of the water. I don't think this game's going to be close. I don't expect to be watching it after halftime. I might even jump on the first quarter with you. I'm 150% sending first half. Give it to me. So here's what I don't understand, though. So last year, I believe he was a true freshman. Derek Stingley was 
regarded as one of the best players in college football. I mean, legit, like McShay, Kuyper had him as like, if he was draft eligible, the number two prospect in the country. Okay, I get that. So if one of their corners is so great that even though he got exposed by Devontae Smith last year, Devontae Smith, two touchdowns where he did a go route uh, past Stingley. Um, if, if he's so great, then why is LSU's pass defense so horrific? Like, if if you have one great corner, which Stingley is supposed to be great, then shouldn't that mean about half the field, or maybe if there's four, if there's two receivers on the field, shouldn't that mean one wide receiver is locked up? So, like, are the other two or three corners that bad? I guess the answer is yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know Stingley's individual stats. I don't know if pe- teams are throwing on him. I know that Bamba won't be afraid to throw at him and. Listen, he's going to be guarding Devontae Smith. That's a dude that's absolutely impossible to slow down. No one's mm-hmm. even been close this year. So that I, mean, I like to give up matchups for people to watch. That's definitely a matchup. Stingley's number 24 versus Devontae Smith. Number six, Smitty burned him last year. Let's see if Stingley can get some revenge, but it's not going to matter. I mean, it, their team sucks, LSU. Their coach is overrated. So this will be a massacre. So usually I would call Ben out for being a little biased here, but I agree with everything he said. It's going to be a massacre. Stingley is, is Stingley, like, I haven't heard a word from him all year, but maybe that's because LSU is not very good. And it's a team sport, I get that. But if you're if you're an island corner, if you're just regarded as the best corner in college football, which he was after his freshman year last year, then why haven't I heard his name all year? Hey, I'm going to say this to defend him a little bit here. I've been, I'm a huge believer that no matter how talented you are at corner – Unless you have a pass rush, anybody that's true. anybody that's who's true. any decent can get open on you after five seconds. You know that's that's very true. But hey, I agree with you, man. I think Alabama's going to gash them. I think it's going to be a massacre. Somebody might need to call the cops because there's going to be a murder on that field. Um, next game on our on our slate, we'll flip over to the NFL here, and we're going to have the Browns on the road in your backyard been playing at the Tennessee Titans they come in a Nissan field as a five and a half point road dog over under set at 53 you got anything on this one or actually wait I think you said you wanted me to go first on this one yeah yeah you go yeah you go ahead on this one all right so guys I love the Cleveland Browns here in this spot look the Browns defense is decent against the run as they're ranked ninth in the nation against the run um, at Tennessee is currently second in the NFL in rush yards. I think they should be able to neutralize Derrick Henry. Also, Tennessee is the one of the worst teams in the NFL on third down. They're 28th in the NFL against the pass. There's only 32 teams in the league, so that's bottom five in the league. I think think Baker Mayfield should be able to sit back there. Baker Mayfield's numbers are night and day when he actually has time to throw a pass. Miles Garrett's in in this game. He's going to have time. Jadavian Clowney's out, and this pass rush is already trash for Tennessee. Um, I think Cleveland comes out here plus five and a half covers easily. I was at six earlier in the week, which I loved. I still like it at five and a half. I like it anything down to four, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked to see Cleveland win this game straight up. I think this is a really good Browns team, and I think they're just going to line up and run the ball, and they'll be able to have success in the pass game. And Baker should be comfortable sitting back there in the pocket. I think this is Cleveland gets it done. Okay, I'm going to have two plays on this game, and one of them is going to make you smile. All right. So I'm going to tell you, write down Browns, Plus five and a half. Give me that. All right. My problem with my problem with the Browns is I don't know if I can trust Baker Mayfield enough. I mean, they're eight and three, which is tremendous. But do I see them winning 10, 11 games? I, I'm not sure yet. Um, this this would be a good start. It's supposed to rain, which I think both it doesn't really matter that much because 
both teams like the ground and pound anyway. Obviously, you have mm-hmm. King Henry for the Tennessee Titans, and then you have the two-headed monster with Chubb, who is just unbelievable. Uh, so fun to watch. And Kareem Hunt. I like that Miles Garrett's back, so give me Browns plus five and a half. The one that's going to make you smile is I'm going back to the well, baby. Give me Ryan Tannenhill to throw an interception. <laughs> give it to me. And here's why. Uh, I think at some point in this game, I think they're going to have to rely on him throwing the football. I agree with you that, I mean, you can't slow down Henry, but I do think you can't stop Derrick Henry, but you can slow him down. I think the Browns will be able to do it to an extent. Now, I still think he gets, you know, over 70, 80 yards, but I think they're a lot tougher. I like Tannenhill throwing the ball. I think he's going to have to throw the ball over 40 times in this game for them to win because I think the Browns can score. I mean, this Browns, they could score. I mean, their defense is good. I I think their defense is playing really well. Uh, Getting Miles Garrett. Always helps the pass rush. I, I I like Tannehill to throw a pick in this game. Hey, I'll, I'm going to tell you on that one. Ben hasn't missed one of his interceptions yet this season, so y'all should hop on that one there. He's been money with it. Um, next game on our slate here is the Los Angeles Rams on the road as a three-point favorite playing the Arizona Cardinals. Over-under set at 48. Anything on this one, Ben? This game's in Arizona, right? Yeah. Are they missing anyone that I'm confused about? Why are they underdogs at home? Are they that bad? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they haven't been. been they've played they awful been since playing. the bye. I know. I mean, they have not been playing well, but it, at some point they're going to have to turn this around, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. That's what I'm saying. I mean, um, let's see. The Rams just got off of playing the Niners, which they looked bad. And then their schedule after this is not that bad. I don't think Arizona loses twice to the Rams. So here's what I'm going to do. Because they play him this week and then they play him January 3rd. I'm going to take Arizona in this game. Because if I'm going to take him at least once, I'm taking him at home. Teams usually play better at home. Uh, not that there's any weather to worry about in either of these cities. But give me the Cardinals at home. Uh, they have to figure it out at some point. If they win, then they're tied with the Rams at 7-5. and five. So... If you're gonna win, if you're gonna get back on track on any game, I'm gonna pick you against a divisional opponent at home because I don't think you're gonna win on the road. So give me the Rams with the underdog at home. Ooh, I. Love- I mean, sorry, the Cardinals. Cardinals underdog at home. My bad. Ben, I'm gonna have to go against you on this one. I'm pretty heavy on the other side. I'm loving the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so first thing is, look, the one thing that really scares me in this game is Kyler Murray's shoulder is banged up. Um, he's great. not great. Say that again? It's not great. He was hurting last week for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, I feel like the Rams also, too, they've seen the blueprint now to beat the Cardinals. You get pressure and you blitz them. That's what the Rams are going to do in this game is they're going to blitz the living hell out of the Cardinals. And I expect the Cardinals not to like it and not be able to do much about it either. They're also starting to get cluster injuries on their defensive line, so I don't know if they'll be able to get to Jared Goff. Um Rams should be able to move the ball on them, I think. I think they'll be able to run the ball decently well as this Arizona's defense is 17th in the NFL against the run. Um, Arizona's offense is throwing the ball well, but this Rams defense is the best unit in the entire league. Third against the pass, fourth against the run. I don't know if Arizona is going to be able to do much of anything against them. I really, really like this Rams team. I mean, if they had a quarterback, I would pick them to pick them to be, win the NFC altogether. They just don't have that quarterback position. But I think three points is very coverable. This is one of my strongest plays of the whole week. I just think if, if you're going to get back on track, I'll pick you when you're home against Divisional because it's it's time to put up a shut up. So if the Cardinals have any fight in them, it's going to have to come this week. Now, Kyler's 
shoulder did not look great last week uh, ever since he took that hit, but you got to figure he got some kind of cortisone shot or something. And I'm, I, I, I think, you know, with the Rams, when I look at Rams games, you know, do they face a quarterback that's not very mobile because they get after the quarter? They can get after the quarterback with four guys, which I think if you blitz Kyler four guys, no matter if you're getting to him or not, like he's going to make you pay in some way. He, he can get away. If you blitz four, all he's got to do is get away from one guy on the edge. And there's not many people in the NFL that can contain Kyler Murray. So even if his arm isn't 100%, I think that they can adjust maybe to a shorter pass game. And if, I mean, I don't, I think they're going to maybe try and rely on Kenyon Drake a little more, but this Rams defense is pretty tough. Uh, you know, running up the middle with Donald just waiting for you there. So, as long as 99 is not coming after uh, Kyler Murray, then I think he can really get away from everyone. And a sack for a lot of quarterbacks in this league, like what, what the Rams did to Brady, is could easily turn into a first down run by Kyler Murray. So I don't think he has to be 100% throwing the football. I just like him at home. I mean, if you're a home dog in a, t- in a game that you need to put up or shut up, I'm going to take you. And if I lose the bet, that means your season's officially done, and I'm willing to take that risk with the Cardinals. Yeah, that's definitely not bad logic there. I just feel like this pass rush is going to be way too much, and I feel like this Rams defense is just on a roll right now. But, hey, the good news is, Ben, one of the two of us is going to win. We're both not going to lose on this game, so that's always a good thing. Um, Don't Hopkins and and Ramsey not like each other? Oh, I don't think anybody likes Ramsey. Ramsey talks shit about everybody. I thought thought they had had a scuffle in past years, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm, Actually, they honestly, they probably do because they were both playing in the same division. I can't remember specifically, but – I'm sure they definitely do. So I'm with They've you both on... been in some scuffles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely there with you, though, on that one. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, next game up on the rotation here is another 4 o'clock game as we have Philadelphia on the road at Green Bay. Green Bay, a 9-point home favorite. Over-under set at 49. You doing anything on this one? Yeah, so I'm actually doing something I don't usually do, but mm-hmm. I, I'm taking I'm – taking, I actually have an 8.5 on, on FanDuel over yeah. here in Tennessee. I'm taking Packers minus 8.5. Um, there are things that I have heard Rogers talk about on the Pat McAfee podcast. He goes on every Tuesday uh-huh. and, they, and they were talking about some records. You know, he just got that record their last game. Um, I forgot what it was, maybe a 50,000 passing guard, something like that. And he's three touchdowns away from like 400 career passing yards in his career. I know for a fact he knows about that because he said it on the Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. And I this this Eagles team is just so bad that I think there's a good chance he gets it in this game. Um, so I, I think the Packers. I like the way they're rolling right now. I mean, their offense. I I know that they just lost recently, but I, I'm pretty confident that they could beat the, the at home that they should beat the Eagles. Pretty bad. So I'm gonna take the eight and a half. I usually don't take big you know bigger spreads for the NFL, but. I am this week. Yeah, I'm actually in agreement with you on this one, Ben. Look, the Eagles are awful, man. The only way they're going to cover again is if the NFL throws them a bone and they go for two again or some bullshit like that. Look, this Eagles team is absolutely awful. Carson Wentz doesn't even know what the hell he's doing anymore. I mean, I've seen it. So I saw a stat, and it was like quarterbacks at this point in their career. You might have even been the one who sent it to me where they drop off like this. All the guys who dropped off were like Brett Favre and Peyton Manning and guys who were dropping off in like their last season they played in the league. Um, 
I personally think here that it's going to be an absolute slaughter fest for all the reasons you said. I mean, the Eagles' defense is just terrible. Also, too, the Packers can run the ball and keep the ball away from you. Seattle couldn't really run the ball. I feel like this Packers team is going to be able to run the ball and keep the Eagles on the sidelines. They have corners in a secondary that flies around and makes plays. I think they're going to fly around and make plays. I wouldn't be shocked to see Wentz throw a pick. But I'm taking the Packers in this one, and I'm also going to throw them in a teaser. So I like the Packers. Have you – did you see that report that they had like a team meeting or maybe a players only meeting? I'm not sure which one. And Carson Wentz basically like stood up in front of the team and basically said like, I need to improve. Like I stink. Something like that. Does that have any, does that have anything to do with the game? Like, do you think he just absolutely played? I mean, is there, there's no way he could play worse. Yeah, that is true. Hey, that honestly might scare me off the full game, but I'm, I'm liking that full game, probably ended up playing it. But, you know, that is definitely something, I mean, to keep your eye out for. A lot of times when stuff like that happens, it can, it's either going to be a turning point Hurts, in the season or it's Jay, not. Jalen Hurts is also getting more first-team reps than he did to start the year. So I don't know if that's just a scare tactic to try and put some pressure on Wentz because mm-hmm. here's the bottom line. When, or, sorry, Hurts played last week at quarterback – he came in for a second and nine or something like that. There was a holding or a false start penalty on the offensive line. So I don't know if that's a snap count issue. I don't know if it was Hurts or if it was the offensive line. They made it second and 19. They then keep Hurts in, run the same play because it was the same formation. He throws a pass. He gets it to third and seven or third and eight. Mm-hmm. And then they take him out. They take him out of the game. They put Wentz in. And then what does Wentz do? He's about to get sacked, so he throws the ball into the ground. Like, I, I don't understand the logic there. Jalen Hurts came in on a second and nine. A penalty made it second and 19. He got it to third and eight, which is third and manageable. He did his job, and then he take him out for Carson Wentz. So what does that do for Hurts' mentality? Like, why did you put him in? What was the point of putting him in for second down? So I don't know what Doug Peterson's trying to do with Jalen Hurts, but so far it has been the biggest waste of a draft pick I can yep. remember. I mean, second, mean second round or third, second round or third round they got him in. Yeah, and I mean, you're, yeah, you're gonna tell me they couldn't have used a wide receiver. It was in the second round. I mean, you can't you can't tell any me other, they could have used a wide receiver position. or something. Any other position they could have used. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, they had the worst secondary in the league last year. You could use a corner more than that. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was even funny that you bring that up though, because like literally after the play happened when they took him out, he kind of like you could tell by his like demeanor that he was kind of like what the fuck like when they took him out. So he was like, like what? He was like what? What did I do wrong? Yeah, I just, it was it was so weird. He threw the ball too. Like I was expecting some sort of like weird. Yeah, he threw run. it. He hit through a nice out route. Hey, even Doug Peterson doesn't know what he's doing these days. Anyway, um, next game on the rotation, our final game of the show: Buffalo Bills on the road at the San Francisco 49ers. Bills one point road dog over under set at forty seven. What are you thinking, Ben? Yeah, so I'm actually gonna have no play on this. So I'll let you, I'll let you take most of the uh, most of the talking here. Yeah, I'm going to hit the Buffalo Bills in this game. Look, I would love to take the San Francisco. Y'all know I love dogs. Y'all know how much I love Kyle Shanahan. But I really just don't think that there's any way they can cover this game. Look, if they had George Kittle in there or even Jimmy Garoppolo, I would honestly probably take them. But without those guys in there, and they just don't really have an offensive playmaking superstar, I just feel like there's no possible way they can cover this one against Buffalo. Buffalo loves to throw the ball, and Buffalo can't really run the ball, so they're going to keep trying to score points the entire game. And I think that plays to Buffalo's advantage. Also, this uh, this line's really beat up. I think Josh Allen has a lot of success. He's going to be able to throw the ball down the field on him. I think the Bills come out and win this game by a score of like 27-20. to 20. 
I'm. What are we missing in this game? Why is this game a pick 'em on some books and minus one or for the Niners? It's what are the Niners? The Niners beat the Rams last week. That's honestly why they're still getting the respect. I just see the thing is the Rams though don't have like the dynamic offense like that. Like I feel like if the Niners just come out and beat any team, it's like a team like the Rams that's not really gonna like get up and down the field on you. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna have to work their way up and down. But this one is Nick Mullins, a reliable quarterback. Exactly. Who cares? They beat the Rams last week. Is he going to do it again? Like, I don't no. know. He's such a week-by-week quarterback. There's a reason why in a normal in normal times when no one's hurt, he's a backup quarterback. He wouldn't start on any team in the NFL. There's no team that has a starting quarterback that is worse than Nick Mullins, not even Carson Wentz. Um, man, Nick Mullins might be better than Carson Wentz right now, but he wouldn't be starting. Um, I There's no reason not to take the Bills. I mean, this seems like a more of a team. And to me, though, it, if if you can get the Niners at plus one, then try and tease it because I don't think they lose by more than ten. So this is I, what are we missing here? Like, that's I don't what know I'm what saying. I'm I mean, honestly, the is only it, way I would like end up switching trap. my pick is if it's like one of those where everybody and their mom's betting on Buffalo. Are they not right now, though? I don't How know. How can anyone convince Monday night, themselves like, to put money on Nick Mullins? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. You... Like, the thing is, too, on Monday night, though, like, a lot of people won't lock their pick in until Monday. Like, uh, what, I, what I'll do a lot of times, I won't release a pick for, like, the night game, for, like, a Sunday night football game or for Monday night. And I'll just kind of look on Action Network and see what everybody has on there. And if I, if, like, you know what I mean? Like, if I don't have a definite pick, and I'll just kind of look on Action Network and you'll be like, all right, like, 20 people have this bet locked in. Like, that's not happening. You know what I mean? On a standalone I... game. Yeah, I mean, looking at it right now, I think that's a good strategy. So for now, put me down as a no play. Um, this just, it just feels like a trap to me. I mean, you, I see Buffalo plus one at the 49ers when they're missing literally all of their best players. They're missing their best players on defense. Kittle's out on offense. Garoppolo's out on it. Like, I mean, they still have weapons. Their the running backs are decent, but, and, uh, um, um, Debo, Sa- Debo Samuel, he's back, right? Yeah. And so is, um, yeah, so they still have two good receivers, but I just, Nick Mullins is not a guy that you just like, I'm going to take them just because he won last week. Like, he could go – he could have a hundred over 100 quarterback rating one week, and then he could throw three interceptions the next week. So, I'm going to hold off on that bet. Hey, those are all – I can't blame you there, Ben. We'll see what ended up happening with this one. Um, anything else before we get up out of here? I think that's all. There's one thing I want to go back to the um, college basketball game. We talked about Gonzaga-Baylor unbelievable matchups across the board in that game. I mean, you're going to have Mitchell, who's number 45 for Baylor, who's just a tremendous defender. I'm going to assume he's going to be guarding Jalen Suggs. Um, Freaking Zag, who's one of the premier point guards in the country. Butler's going to have to score in this game because I think Gonzaga's really going to focus on him on the offensive end. Mark Few does a good job about focusing in on the other uh, opposing team's star player. If Mitchell if Butler can score for this for this Baylor team, it's gonna be a really interesting game. But if one of those two are struggling to score, then I don't know if Baylor can really keep up with Gonzaga's offense because Gonzaga's got like four or five guys that are gonna be double figures almost every single game. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that one completely. Like, uh, Baylor's defense, and honestly, I mean, they can shoot it well, and they play really good defense, but I agree with you, man. I just think Gonzaga's just, like, way too up and down. I think, though, it's going to be so much fun. Like, even if you, you don't Gonzaga's like watching college basketball too. and you think it's boring, like, this is going to be the best game you're going to watch the entire season. And you'd say, oh, probably the national championship will be the best game. I mean, you you all see what happens in the NCAA tournament. This might be the only time you actually get to see the two best teams play each other. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Gonzaga's a big team, too. Hey, I'm excited, man. I cannot wait. 1 p.m., I'll be ready to go. That's all I got, though. Appreciate hey. you having me on again. Hey, Ben, it's always a pleasure having you on here. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Uh, look out on Twitter for my pit, for my picks and um, on Instagram as well. I'll have college basketball up as well, but appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all soon.